0: was Slim, we all rested up from our night off last night, no games, no Celtics, no Bruins, no NFL, maybe there's some big college basketball games on there, I'll tell you right now I didn't watch any of them. College basketball is taking a back seat, you only have so much time, you only have so many options to choose from and uh, you make your selection and you live with it. Same with the radio dial. So everybody out there that's listening to the Sports Machine with Slim, thank you very much for uh, tuning in and giving us some time here at WKXL Radio. And you can always listen to nhtalkradio.com. We're going to talk a variety of different topics on today's show. We're going to do a recap of the NBA action from last night because there were some interesting games and points I want to bring up. We want to talk about the Celtics preview. We play the San Antonio Spurs tonight. Victor Wembayama. And um, the horrible Spurs, seven and thirty-two record, going up against the Celtics, a thirty-one and 19 and zero at home. Haven't lost at home. We'll also talk about Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman. What are we gonna do with the goaltending duo? My opinion was secured this morning. We will keep both goaltenders, and I'll tell you why. And we'll also talk about the upcoming NFL action this weekend. There's a big UFC event Saturday night. Tons going on. But let's start with me when I hopped into my car this morning. Fresh off the memory yesterday of driving in the snow and noticing Massachusetts license plates. So I know I've been um, conscious of trying not to insult people, individuals specifically, whether it's the coach or the Celtics, individual players. I just don't want to put the bad vibes out into the airwaves. But I'm gonna keep this so general that I'll give myself a break and, and if I let a, an insult or two fly, I'm gonna be alright with that. Massachusetts drivers. Coming up into New Hampshire. I got a problem. I got a real problem. With you folks. Yesterday, just driving way too fast to see cars on the outside lane. Just flying by me 15 to 20 miles an hour faster than me. And I was going faster than most cars on the highway. I was, I was doing under the speed limit. I was being safe and responsible. People flying by. A couple times, look over. Uh, there's a Massachusetts car. And no shovel. No, no, no snow shoveled off, right? The snow's still all over the car, like enveloping the entire car as it goes by me 15 miles an hour faster than I'm going. And yesterday on my drive to work from, from Brentwood into, into Concord in the studios here, I went through the snowstorm. It took an hour or so. Not the worst conditions, but definitely not good. There were two cars off the road with accidents. One was a multi-car collision I saw yesterday. And one was one car by itself, which had just driven into the, the rail on the, the side of the highway, just going too fast. I didn't spot if that car was Massachusetts. But then this morning, let's just fast forward, right? Because I can live with that. I didn't talk about the Massachusetts drivers yesterday at all, even though it was fresh in my memory. Well, today I'm driving in, and first thing I get to the exit to go onto the highway, well, there's a left that somebody would take to go eastbound on 101. The driver in front of me, car totally covered with snow, just like the melted part of the windshield in back where they probably turned on the heater, but the whole rest of the car, just a complete snow pocket. And as I drove by, I see this the same with the front of the car. Just just the windshield. Well, they get in the left lane. They're going to be going east. So they pull into the left. They slow down. I'm going in the middle lane, which is just for the through traffic so I can go west on 101. Well, the last second, this dude comes to the right. He wants to go straight now. And I beep on my horn. I'm like, you moron. What are you doing, dude? Massachusetts license plate. Massachusetts. I start driving on 101. Fine, I overcome that. Hey, I know there's bad drivers out there. Listen, I'm 49 years old. Most of you people have no idea how to drive. Horrible, horrific drivers. The majority of you out there. And I will tell you, I critique myself. I'm not the greatest either. Uh, But I'm better than 90-something percent of you out there. Atrocious people on the road. Well, whatever. I fast forward, I've, I've accepted that through time, and I've accepted my own downfalls. I'm a lot worse driver than I was when I was in my 20s. Nonetheless, I'm driving, continuing through. Well, then we got another person comes right up on my rear end on Route 101. No, no shovel, no, no, the snow is still on the car. They go, Massachusetts driver flying way too far. And I just said, listen, what is happening out here? New Hampshire people, as we're driving around on our roadways, is it just me? Or are you noticing the mess? Massachusetts. I was gonna call a name <laughs> The Massachusetts drivers are sub subpar, Not taking care of their vehicles, appropriately, when the snow comes. I am not looking forward to continued pathways down the road during snowy times. And maybe this is me being old and crusty in 20 years, having worked in my home office, so I didn't have to commute. And could pick and choose when I was on the roadways for the most part. But man, uh, Massachusetts people they should have to take some courses I'm gonna give you all a course an NBA action from last night <laughs> let's recap what happened because the Phoenix Suns won hundred and nineteen to 117 against the Sacramento Kings a Sacramento Kings team that I bet last year would go to the finals that's a live ticket I don't feel very confident after that you know why about that pick with Sacramento, because they're up by 22 points with only 8 minutes and 22 seconds to go last night against the Phoenix Suns, a team that is a big challenge out west. You got Kevin Durant, you got Booker, you got Beal on the team. Like, Phoenix is a team you get up to play, and boys, Sacramento, they were up to play. They're up by 22 points with 8 minutes and 22 seconds left to go in the game. Guess what? Suns come back. They win 119-117. to Twenty-two points they were down by with eight minutes and change left. How could anybody think Sacramento's prepared to win anything? That's that's horrible, man. If that happened with the Celtics, man, I'd be spending all four segments today talking about the Celtics collapse. But it didn't happen to the Celtics. It certainly didn't help and it happened at home. Celts are 19 0 at home, people. Did I mention that earlier? Yeah. Another NBA game last night. The Bucks and the 76ers. Sorry, the Denver Nuggets and the 76ers. Just kidding with that. Denver Nuggets, so it's a matchup of Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Who wins? 76ers. 126-121. to I'm going to tell you, people. I mentioned it yesterday, and I think I mentioned it last week. Philadelphia 76ers are a problem. I am on record still with the Celtics. We're going all the way. But the Philadelphia 76ers are going to be a problem. If Joel Embiid stays healthy... That him and Tyrese Maxi together, the, everybody else is a secondary piece, and they all understand it. But guess what? Maxi will go to the hole, and Embiid will go to the hole, and he will do whatever he needs to take for, to, to get the job done. Seven-footer who just will—I mean, he'll go diving on the floor for loose balls. He hasn't had that run yet where he's been able to like just put the team on his back and get to the finals, and you uh, over the last handful of years here, the Celts have been in his way a couple times and not taking him down. Taking him down. But this is a year Nick Nurse took over for Doc Rivers. Nurk, N- Nick Nurse is a superior coach to Doc Rivers. Rivers gets people jacked up to play. I like him. He helped us win a title. I'm a big fan of Doc Rivers. But when it comes down to X's and O's making in-game adjustments, he's not good. Nick Nurse... Very good. Very good. And his whole coaching strategy, he did it with Kawhi Leonard years ago. Keep the guy healthy. Have him playing his best basketball at the end of the season. Build the team around that talent. He's doing it again with Joel Embiid, who had taken three games in a row off for injury, knee, knee injury or soreness, whatever the classification was. But then he comes back last night. And Joel Embiid's dropping 41 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists. This guy is 7 feet, like 1 inch tall, 290 pounds, 300 pounds. How big is this guy? 280? Whatever he is, he's huge. A monster. 10 assists. Look out for Joel Embiid in the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not worried about the Bucs as much. I said the other day when Damian Lillard hit that 3, it's like, oh, don't let that guy get hot. But the 76ers on my worry team for this year. I hope we can avoid playing them. Somehow, hopefully they get the number two or number three seed, and they got to play the Bucs and match up, and maybe the Bucs can beat them, but Celts, you better look out. When we get to the finals, who will we play there? Celtics against two in the NBA finals this year. Could it be the Los Angeles Clippers? It, it, it would be aggravate me to no end if the, 70, if the Clippers get to the finals because I've been predicting them to get there for like three years now. Betting them, not just predicting. When I say predicting, I mean betting. Like I've, I've been putting money on this team to get there, the Clippers. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just not healthy, just not tough enough, whatever the reason was. But they've kept Ty Lu in charge over there and he's got that machine cranking. The Clippers are 13, uh, 17 and four at home. Do you know that? 26 and 14 overall last night, they beat the Thunder. OKC okay, Thunder, 128 to 117. Paul George at 38 points. That's your NBA recap. Interesting stuff. The Celtics, let's make it happen tonight. We're going to come back from a commercial break here and dive right into the Celtics game, get you ready to cheer them on to go 20-0 and at home. You're listening to The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, NHtalkradio.com. Boston Celtics are going to win the NBA title this year. I'm just going to speak it into existence. The fans, the Boston Celtics fans are going to be a big reason why. When it comes time, baby, Celtics fans are going to be ready to go. Garden's going to be hopping. Will it be hopping tonight with the lowly San Antonio Spurs? Coming to town, seven and thirty-two. I mean, worst team in the league last year. They get this supposed NBA prodigy, Victor Wembayama, who I really haven't seen anything from as far as any fear factor. Like this guy's going to take over the lead and league and be incredible. Whatever. He's seven foot four. He's also like seven point four inches thick. Like, the dude is way too skinny, way, way too weak. He's going to get pushed around. As soon as people want to, they will. And if it was playoff time, good luck to him. Good luck to him tonight against Kristaps Porzingis. Hopefully, Kristaps will be playing. Celtics, I think, as of right now, from the injury report, three guys are listed as game-time decisions. Drew Holiday, Porzingis, and Derek White. Who knows what the game-time decision is like? Okay, hey, we're just gonna give you a day off because you deserve some rest. This game obviously is is just one in the win column. We're 19 and 0 at home. Just put 20 and 0. We're 20 and 0. San Antonio. I mean, lost big the other day at Atlanta. Wemba had 26 points, 13 rebounds. Yay, he's putting up some stats, but he ain't coming into Boston to beat this team. No chance at all. So fast forward. Celtics move to 20 and 0 at home. 32. 32- And nine overall. That will be their record tomorrow morning. And we'll be talking about how they're going to match up with the Denver Nuggets on Friday. We got two home games in a row here. We got tonight against San Antonio. We got Friday hosting the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets team who just lost to the 76ers. So the Nuggets will be ready to play. They want to beat Boston. How bad? Are we looking forward to that game? I can't wait for Friday night to watch the Celtics game. There's only a handful of games between now and the end of the season, regular season games for the Celts, that I'm going to be really interested to watch. And Friday night will be one because Denver is going to want to be the team that comes into Boston and ends the winning streak. The Celtics being 20-0 and at home, you start to go, wait a second. If you beat the best team from the West and move to 21-0 and at home, well, who's going to be able to beat the Celts at home? Maybe nobody. So Denver's thinking about that. They want to beat the, the, the Celtics. They want to be the team that stops that winning streak. It's going to be in the news. It's going to be build-up to the game. So both teams will be coming in. There won't be any game-time decision stuff for Friday night's game. <laughs> Tonight, we can have some game-time decision stuff with San Antonio because it doesn't matter if Porzingis, Drew Holiday, and Derek White all take the day off. They can all rest. Celts are still going to beat this terrible team. So should we talk more about the Celtics and why they're going to win the NBA title this year? It's been the same prediction for me for three years. Four years. For people that are close in my circle, we know I'm a green teamer. I'm always going to look on the bright side. Jason Tatum holds the key. And this is why I've gotten on with him, gotten on him about the step back. Three shots here at the end of quarters, end of games. That's not going to cut it. There's too much luck and risk factor. And plus, he just hasn't been hitting those shots. The step-back threes ain't been working. Go to the hoop, just like he did last game against Toronto in that third quarter. Went to the hoop, great things happened. He's throwing down monster dunks, the best I'd ever seen him throw down. That's what we want to do. Go to the hoop, and I hope he does it tonight. Keep that eye of the tiger going, baby. Get to the basket. The Boston Bruins, I want to talk about and I was going to do it next segment, but let me just fast forward to this right now. I saw a video this morning about Linus Ulmark, one of the goalies for the Bruins. It was called No One to Hug, the Linus Ulmark story or something to that effect. And it was 12 minutes long. It was on YouTube. You could find it. And the story starts out with No One to Hug really talking about his, his dad. Because as he grew up, his dad kind of helped put the hockey rink together in his backyard where the kid grew, you know, fell in love, started to play hockey, but he was never that good. In his words, Salinas Almark said he stunk when he was 15 years old. And then some just happened through time. But a few years later, he had found out that his father was an alcoholic. He never knew. As a kid growing up, his father must have hid it from him. And he found out later on, finding bottles and stuff like that, that, oh, man, this guy was a heavy drinker. And uh, eventually his father passed away, and his death really has stayed with Linus Salmark. He said on in the interview, he said, actually, the death has become a relief to him. He's still very sad about losing his father, but the, he doesn't have to worry about him anymore and wonder what he's doing, and is he letting himself down, and this and that. So, Lena Salmark went through tough times in life as everybody does, right? Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got one of these memories. Well, he got drafted by Buffalo while playing over in Sweden, which is where he's from, and he kind of had an up and down career in Buffalo. Never, nothing really took off for him so much. He had a good last year or two there, but then he comes to Boston a couple years ago. And all of a sudden, man, his career starts the trajectory all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, this guy's now one of the best in the league. He won the Vezina Trophy last year. So, Linus Elmark win, wins the award for the best goalie. It's not just me. The sports machine was slim here talking about Linus Elmark is one of the best goalies in the NHL. Last year, he won the award as the best goaltender. So, the interview fast forwards, and now we're like maybe three minutes left in the interview, and the interviewer says, tell me about your relationship with Jeremy Swayman. No hesitation. Linus' first reaction is, pure love. It's like we're family. And they talk about how he comes over. Swayman comes over. And uh, Allmark's got, got two kids. And they call him Uncle Sway. And the relationship the two have together has just become like brothers. And Swayman comes in and does a quick interview here in the last minute and says, you know, it's just been this way since we got together. So they're real, real tight. The interview ends with Omar saying, I'm in the perfect place right now. Everything in my life has come together. And that, for me, is something you don't want to mess with. Now, Omar got injured a couple games ago, for people that have been following the Bruins inside and out, and Jeremy Swayman has stepped into net and performed amazingly, as he has really for the whole season. He's been the superior goaltender, and the Bruins pretty much have been going, Omar one game, Swayman one game. Omar... Swayman. I watched a show last night with Felger on TV, who hosts the radio show Sports Talker 98.5. And Felger's on this end. We need to trade Omar. We want to give the job to Swayman. He's playing so great. He's got the, the net to himself now. We need to, to really just get behind this guy and make him our number one goaltender, play him all the time or whatever, four out of five nights, and have the other guy come in for one out of five and trade Omar. I want to just say, I'm totally against that. I'm staying now on board 150% all the way through. We want two goalies, and we're going to go every other, every other night, even in the playoffs, every other night, because the synergy these two dudes have, first of all, you break it up, you're changing the whole chemistry of the team. That, that is going to send shockwaves down the team. Yeah, they're professionals, but these guys are in the midst of like a season and really a one-and-a-half-year run where they are the number one team in hockey for the regular season. Now, last year in the playoffs, we got punched in the mouth by Florida and just weren't ready. And as I've said, you know, I think that the, the older folks really weren't ready to come through. Krejci and Bergeron, they didn't, they didn't play great in the playoffs last year. They didn't do anything statistically. They weren't putting up goals. So get some new blood in here, which the Bruins have done, and we've done it with some guys who've been playing for a while, like Van Riemsdyk. Bring him in. He's got plenty of experience. He hasn't won a title before, so he's hungry. The Bruins have so many pieces in place. The best goaltending tandem in the league. And those two guys are going to push each other in the playoffs. If Swayman goes in for game one and doesn't do so well, man, uh, it, oh my, it's your turn, dude. You got to go come through. Well, if he didn't come through, no, Swayman's coming back in. They, they're going to push each other and encourage each other. And that's why the No One to Hug title of that show I watched with Omar. If you watch what's going on with Omar and Swayman, at the end of every game, people that are Bruins fans stay around. They don't just stay till the clock tips to zero, they wait till the whole handshake line goes through where the goalie says, Hey, right on, congratulations. To the the whole team coming down when they win and they're celebrating, and then the other goalie comes in off the bench at the end of that line, and these two dudes are giving huge embraces to each other because they're happy to be around each other, they're on the same page, they're actually rooting for each other. That's the DNA at the core of a championship team. Can the Bruins win it all this year? I don't know. We got some deficiencies, there's no doubt about it. Yesterday... My cousin Bob from Quincy called up and said, for statistics purposes, the teams that are giving up as many shots on goal as the Bruins are, all have atrocious records. There might have been one team that was around 500, but the rest were like bottom barrel teams. The Bruins are right near the top. So we're giving up too many shots on goal. Our record is great because we got two very strong goaltenders that we're gonna keep through the end of this year. This is the Sports Machine with Slim, and that's my take. WKXL Radio, you can listen to us on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and htalkradio.com is always there with a the live stream or catch anything on delay. We'll be right back. Wednesday already The sports machine was slim Started off the show talking about Massachusetts drivers. <laughs> <laughs> They're horrible. <laughs> now if I could just interject my phone Is it just me is getting so many texts about political advertisements. Oh man, it's like, I keep blocking, but I'm going to do it right now. I just got one during the commercial break. Hey, you know, I'm not even going to mention the candidates. But just like, dude, is anybody's opinion on anything changing from any of these texts? Everybody's mind is already made up. How much money is being spent and wasted in this country on advertisement for political stuff. How many mailers are you getting in the mail? Because I'm saving mine. I'm getting a lot now. Imagine how many more we're going to be getting in September, October. Just an absolute travesty. Like, people that are in the green movement, worried about the environment and stuff, like, you ought to be leading the charge to eliminate those political flyers. And just, like, 99% of us would all agree, we don't want to see this anymore. Stop sending this stuff to me. But yet it keeps coming. And the same people send it to, send it to, to us are the people that are concerned about the environment. <laughs> Makes no sense. Stop sending me the texts, too. I don't want to read them anymore. All of you. I want to talk about NFL action. That's what I want to talk about. And for those people that don't know, um, I love to bet. I, for the year 2024, I've given up uh, my New Year's resolution. I'm not going to gamble on sports. But yesterday, I typed an incredible segment. That's going to be played for the NH, um, WKXL Spotlight Show, which airs on this radio station, WKXL, on Thursdays at 4 o'clock and Fridays at 4 o'clock. Well, this Thursday, we're going to have a great episode with Ed Talbot, who heads up the um, or his co-director, his official title, of the New Hampshire Council for Problem Gambling. And you people will be amazed at what's kind of hidden under the covers for people out there. So many folks with gambling addictions, and it, there's not a lot of help resources available to them. There's not a lot of money out there coming into trying to help folks that have this problem. And uh, we shed some light on that on Thursday's episode, WKXL Spotlight, with Ed Talbot, New Hampshire Council for Problem Gambling. I, I love gambling. I'm not telling people don't do it. In fact, I'll tell you, go ahead and do it. You should bet the opposite of whoever I like. Because my picks have been very bad bought. But Monday, I was right on the money, baby. Buffalo took out Pittsburgh by more than 10. And Tampa Bay beat up on Philadelphia. I didn't understand how Philly's favored. they had lost five out of six. Philly's all done. And hopefully Sirianni gets, gets relieved of his uh, job duties over there. And hopefully Bill Belichick becomes the next coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's, that's going to be my, my rallying cry and my prediction. But for today... Let's look at this upcoming weekend's games. We got four games. Houston plays Baltimore, Green Bay, San Fran, Tampa Bay on the road to Detroit, and Kansas City on Sunday night. Finishes things off, baby. Kansas City, Buffalo. NFL does such a good job with this scheduling, this stuff, right? That's going to be awesome. Kansas City at Buffalo, the rematch from two years ago when Buffalo just totally choked away their entire franchises, like positive vibes and energy. McDermott probably should have been fired after that, but no, he's risen and has led his team to the number two seed in the AFC, so that's why they get to host this game against Kansas City. Well, let's see what the heck happens. Let's look at how the people are betting these games, and for my technique or how I start my process of deciding who I like in these games, I have my own picks, and then I immediately go either to VEASAN. Dot com, V-S-I-N or ActionNetwork.com to see the public, public betting statistics. W- who are the betters betting in the upcoming games? Well, I am amazed as I look on these sites. Now, this is early in the week, okay? So most of your betting happens uh, on the day of the games or maybe like the morning. I would tell you the big moves, the line movements happen early in the morning day of games because your professional bettors are waiting to make sure like nobody's sick Nobody's hurt last minute. Why do you want to bet on a team today when there could be a ton of different things that happen over the next three to four days? You want to wait until the day of the game and then you get in before there's any line movement. Well, the big bettors are the ones that cause the line movements in both cases. Nonetheless, Houston's traveling to Baltimore. Baltimore's favored by nine. Baltimore's number one seed. They've been cranking teams all year. They beat San Francisco by 20-something. They crushed Miami. Miami. They've been crushing everybody. I think they're out of their home games, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I think they only won like two of their home games by less than 10. So they've been trashing everybody they've played, especially at home. Houston's getting 72% of the money? At Baltimore, Baltimore's getting 28%. That's on Action Network. On Vison. Houston's getting 64% of the money. I'm scratching my head. What? What? People are banning Houston? Now, I've been calling Houston for the upset. I, I just think Baltimore's going to lose one. But, dude, if everybody's on that side of thinking, that is not the right way to be. Baltimore is physical. Physical. Houston, okay, you beat Cleveland, and people could say Cleveland had the number one defense. <laughs> that's, that's the statistics and the numbers that not making any sense. Like, that, that is not real. Their schedule was not the same as what Baltimore faced this year. Baltimore, they played big games against San Fran. Crushed them. Crushed Cleveland once. They also did lose to Cleveland once. I don't see how people are betting Houston. Green Bay at San Fran. San Fran lines nine and a half. wouldn't you think everybody's on San Fran? No. Green Bay's getting 60% of the action. People are taking Green Bay to beat San Francisco? See, this is what you do. You look at this on like a Wednesday now, and then you reevaluate these numbers and see where they're at Saturday morning, Sunday morning, day of games, because things definitely can change. But I don't really understand why people are taking Green Bay. San Francisco should rock that team. Green Bay has They just don't have the same talent. San Francisco is loaded all over the place. So it comes down to Brock Purdy. Is he going to throw picks? No, he's not. San Francisco is going to win it all this year, people. Tampa Bay is going on the road at Detroit. And what I'm showing here is 63% of the money is on Detroit. That's on Action Network. And it's higher than that on VEASAN. Tampa Bay is disrespected under the radar. If you've watched Baker Mayfield play quarterback this year, Week to week. And I got the Red Zone channel, and I've tuned in for different games and watched them all with him. He is better than the majority of quarterbacks out there. Not only the majority. like He's the top five to seven NFL quarterback this year. Baker Mayfield's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And you don't – that's all that matters in the NFL is if you've got a great quarterback or somebody who's playing great, they can win you the game. Is Jared Goff a hero now, all of a sudden? Yes, they won one game over the Rams. A good Rams team. I'm not gonna say they're not. And what, they won by one point, 24-23 I think was the score. So they won a real tight game at home against a good Rams team. But Baker Mayfield, he's got something cooking this year, man. There's, he's got so much energy and like enthusiasm and the guys on his team love him. They win last week at home against Philadelphia, being disrespected, underdog. I mean, at home? They curb-stomp Philly. Now they get geared up to go, let's go on the road, let's play Detroit. Which makes me think about a, a, a Twitter piece I saw this morning. Yesterday, Todd Bowles, the head coach of Tampa Bay. I wish I had the, the tape lined up to play for you people. He's standing at the podium, podium taking interview questions from people. And a woman asks... So um, it's frigid cold in Detroit now, and I'm just wondering, are you planning to do any practicing or are there any techniques that will help prepare your team to play in that type of element? And he hears the question, and he looks and he goes, you know, we're going to be playing inside a dome, right? And then he just kind of moves on. It's like, you know, like, what is this person? This lady is in a press conference as a reporter. Asking a question like that. Are you kidding me? Who are we letting ask questions, dude? Like, that's her job. Who's letting her go in there and ask a question about playing in the freezing cold when they're playing in the dome? (laughs) You got to check this out. You got to, just like the sheer incompetence. And then she'll come back tomorrow telling people like what she thinks and how much she knows. It's like me with my gambling predictions. I'll come out here and give them to you, even though I'm wrong so many times. But at least I know Detroit plays in a dome. And I know we got one more segment left here for today's show, The Sports Machine with Slim. I'm hoping you're all gonna stay right here and uh, listen to what else I got to say on WKXL Radio, 1450am, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nHtalkradio.com. Bill Belichick going to coach next. Where is he going to coach? Atlanta? I'm reading this reports of mutual interest. I guess on Twitter, there's like tons of comments being made about the fact that I guess Bill Belichick was flown to like the private yacht of the Atlanta Falcons owner. <laughs> and, and now, there's reports of mutual interest. I, I read online here, the Atlanta Falcons have interviewed, is it seven? Seven people have interviewed for their job already? Of which one of them today is being discussed uh, is Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, seventh coached interview with the Falcons. I'm reading on ESPN. We got um, Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald assistant head coach Anthony Weaver and assistant head coach Anthony Weaver. So two folks from the Ravens trying to get out of there to get head coaching jobs. Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator Ejiro Evro, Niners defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, and Belichick. So Belichick is coming in as the seventh or well, maybe he was the sixth and Harbaugh yesterday was the seventh. What are the Atlanta Falcons doing? Like, what, what's going on over there? We're going to interview seven people? One of them is Belichick, one of them is Harbaugh. That just tells me they're not going to get either of those two guys. Like, if you're going to interview either one of those two guys, then that means you want that guy. Right? Like, you don't need to interview seven people. To be like, oh, let's see how Belichick interviews against those other six who we're most impressed with. No way. You know you probably either want him or you don't. So, I'm going to say I'm sticking to my guns. Belichick ain't going to Atlanta. He could go to Dallas, but I don't know that he wants to get wound up in that Jerry Jones circus over there. Mike McCarthy's still employed as of this minute. Stay tuned. (laughs) don't go far from uh, your internet devices, because I I can imagine that happening today with Mike McCarthy getting canned. But I wonder what Belichick thinks of, like, the Rooney rule in the NFL now, where you have to interview minority candidates as part of, like, the process. Because that means Belichick can't kind of go, like, on the side to an owner and be like, hey, uh, you know, all right, right, let's have a discussion. Okay, hey, yeah, you know, I want to come there. Because... The team still has to be like, well, we got to interview three other people, and there's going to be press about it, and then your name gets dropped. And that's not the way Belichick likes to to operate, obviously. He's been trying to keep his team and his name out of the press for 20-some-odd years. He'd love to be able to just slide into a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. right? If you're going to replace your coach, you're more likely to do that if you have a phone conversation with Belichick and say, hey, well, listen, yeah, I'm interviewing, but... I, you know, I like what we got in place there, at the, what you got in place there at the Eagles. I could see me coming there, but hey, what's the deal? You're, gonna, you're talking to me. You still got Sirianni as your head coach. You could kind of do things on the quiet. The QT, is that the way the kids would say it or used to say it back in the day? I don't even know what it stands for, but quiet talk. Nowadays, there's nothing quiet. It has to be, oh, all right, you're going to fire your coach. Okay, now we got to interview four people. Bill Belichick's one of them. I can imagine that's kind of sticking in the craw, of Belichick. He wants to just get in someplace. He must know where he wants to go, or oh, what the the private yacht of the blank guy who owns the Atlanta Falcons. That's going to impress him. Dude, Robert Kraft could have those same things. So it's about the control and having the team in place to be able to win. To win it all, right? Or is it just to be able to win, like, eight to nine games? Because he needs to win, I think, 15 games here over the next two years to break the record for most coaching wins all time by an NFL coach. So does he go, well, if I go to Atlanta, they're kind of a a stinky division, and I know I can win eight to nine games a year there. Even with subpar quarterback play, Desmond Ritter, Marcus Mariota, you're going to go to a team where that's your quarterback options? When does Atlanta draft? I'm going to try and type this in as I'm talking. NFL draft order. Let's see if I can find where do the Atlanta Falcons draft in the upcoming draft here. So they got the number eight position. Huh. If the Patriots aren't smart enough to take Jaden Daniels, I wonder if he would slide down to Atlanta. Pick number eight. He probably wouldn't get by the Giants at number six. Or Tennessee, six and 11. Are they staying with Levis? Every team needs a quarterback. I mean, if I just went down the list of NFL teams. Kyler Murray in Arizona. Okay, you're going to stay with him. You are happy there. Chicago, Justin Fields. Yep. Jets, Minnesota, Denver, Las Vegas, New Orleans, Indianapolis, Seattle. Like where where are you where is a good team with the, I mean with the quarterback? I mean, all of a sudden Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, he kind of stunk this year. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, he's hurt every single year. You start to look at the Matthew Stafford with the Rams. I know they just came up short against Detroit this past weekend, but Stafford's like a top three quarterback in the league. I mean, just go right through the list here. Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh or Mason Rudolph. Miami, you got Tua. Nah. Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts. Cleveland, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, like that's the guy I want leading my franchise. Dallas, Dak Prescott. Green Bay, Jordan Love. Okay, so all of a sudden, I mean, people are betting him this weekend, so people must love him. They're betting Green Bay over San Francisco. We must love Jordan, Jordan Love all, all of a sudden. What has he ever done? Not much. And I've watched him play games at the beginning of the year. I thought he stunk. But he's obviously pulled something together, and I think their coach knows what he's doing over there. Then you go Tampa Bay. Okay, Baker Mayfield, solid. Houston, C.J. Stroud. Is there any team in the league with a better quarterback position? I don't know. Just look at the quarterbacks that are still alive. Everybody, we have eight teams playing this coming weekend, four games. You got Baker Mayfield, C.J. Stroud, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Come on, your four best quarterbacks. They're all still alive, except maybe Joe Burrow. But Joe Burrow, I've, I've overrated. Then you got Buffalo, Detroit, San Fran, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. I mean, you build the right team around him, obviously, incredible regular season quarterback, maybe the best in the league for the dual run threat, run pass threat, because teams can't, like, get coached up. They don't got enough time to prepare for him. Well, Houston has some time this week, and they got a good run defense. Let's see how Houston does. Detroit Jared Goff, he's played one of the best years this year for quarterbacks. I don't love him anymore. I did think he should have been the number one pick back in that draft, but kind of been proven wrong since then. Your best quarterbacks are still playing. And the Patriots got nothing. The Atlanta Falcons got nothing. Wouldn't you want to go to a team, if you're Belichick, with a team that has a quarterback? Dallas Cowboys, Jalen Hurts. I'm not a huge Jalen Hurts guy, but if you coach him the right way, he's not going to stop you from winning necessarily. I mean, maybe this, the final game last year, but they made it all the way through. Jalen Hurts was the man. So I think he signed a big contract in the offseason, didn't he? You just got to protect the guy. Well, that's not what Sirianni's been doing. He's been running them into a wall every single week. Guy got worn down and exposed. What's going to happen this weekend? in Kansas City and Buffalo? That's how we're going to finish the show up today here. We got a couple minutes. Buffalo and Kansas City. Thank goodness Buffalo gets to host this game. Josh Allen has all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of, does he have the brain power? Can he, on the fly, on the run, getting outside the pocket, think to himself, no, maybe I shouldn't throw this pass. (laughs) No, no, I'm not going to throw. I'm going to throw this one out of bounds. It's not worth it. Or, I'm running up the middle, and I got 10 yards, I got the first down, I got a defender coming at me, maybe I should slide and get down and not, like, Run into him and get trucked or have an equal collision because he's big. Josh Allen's a huge dude So in his whole life, he ain't been going down He's been running into guys and trying to run through them Well, that's not what you do in the NFL if you want to play for a lot of years and you want to win Josh Allen So now you go into this game and you should already know that you should already know not to throw these interceptions 12 out of 13 games might be 12 out of 14 did he have a pick last week? I don't think he did. So, Josh Allen, if you don't draw a pick, guess what? Buffalo's moving on. And I'm on board. And so are the betting bu- the betting public, unfortunately. When we scroll back to my... Uh, that's the one game we didn't go at. Buffalo's getting 56% of the money. Minus three is what I'm seeing right here, right now. I don't like to see it. I don't like people... Taking the same side as me. I want people on the opposite side. But no, Buffalo's up to three. They originally opened up two and a half. So some money's coming in on Buffalo. 56% of the action. 44% on Kansas City. Kansas City's your defending champ. You got Patrick Mahomes. Two-time Super Bowl winner. The best quarterback the NFL has seen since Tom Brady. Without question. Patrick Mahomes, he's a winner. How are we going to say he's not a winner? Why are you picking against him? Just because Buffalo is due? Eh, that's not usually a successful format for picking winners. Going with the team that's due. I will say Buffalo's defense has athletes and they play angry. They just run to the ball and they hit you, man. Can they be coached against an outcoach? Definitely. Is Andy Reid the team and the guy to, to lead a team who can do it? Definitely. So that game's 50-50 in my book. I can't I can't suggest to people that they should play Buffalo, unless you want to go against my pick, which is Buffalo. Thank you very much for listening. That's how we wind things down. The Sports Machine with Slim every weekday, 10 to 11 on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, New HampshireTalkRadio.com. Coming back tomorrow, we're going to do some UFC stuff on Thursday.